Welcome to Canucks After Dark. Here are your hosts, Parker Hallowell and Clay Emo. Good evening, Vancouver and everyone listening around the world. Welcome back to Canucks After Dark, your number one source for Monday night Canucks talk on YouTube and, of course, in podcast form. My name is Parker. You know me as Parker's Pucks. And, folks, the offseason is in full swing. We've got lots of stuff to talk about tonight. But before we get to that, of course, I need to introduce my co-host, who's right there on that side of the screen, the one and only Canuck Clay Emo. How are you, Parker? I am excellent. It's uh, it's a lovely Monday night. Weather's good. Yeah. Uh, I've got no lighting, so I have a pretend fireplace to light my face up, and it is a uh, it is a lovely night uh, here in Vancouver. Oh, it looks sharp. It looks sharp. I think uh, I actually think I forgot to mention last Monday that the day before, my son Jacob, my second guy, graduated from high school so it just goes to prove once again that you are closer to my kids age than you are my age so i'm not <laughs> sure what to make of that well well that's okay i'm sure uh, congratulations jacob by the way thank you um, thank you thank you so of course uh we've got a lot of stuff to go over tonight we're going to go over uh the big news of the week uh canucks wise which was really just the coaching staff um some ahl news uh some petterson news some hughes news uh around yeah. the nhl a lot of stuff happened too uh especially today uh, so we've got a lot of, st of fun stuff tonight. Before we do that, of course, uh, quick shout out to everyone watching here. Uh, of course, we try to be as uh, as live and feedbacky as possible here on YouTube. So uh, all your comments as they come through, we see them. We'll read them throughout. Uh, if any of you bring up some fun topics later on in the show, we'll read those. Uh, but without further ado, where do you want to dive into first tonight? Well, I think we've had a nice little, um, I guess, pattern or or way of doing it where we do Canuck stuff first, see how far that takes us despite them not, well, I guess there's 27 teams not playing right now, but we go Canucks uh, part stuff first, get us to the first half, don't do that, and then we can start to pull up the, the non-Canucks topics as we go. Perfect, and I think we have a lot of Canucks stuff to talk about. Do you want to start with the players or the coaches? Uh, let's go players first and then, uh, cause we got like eight coaches to go through. So yeah, for sure. All right. So the two big, uh, the two big players for the Canucks, the two real franchise cornerstones at this point, number one center, number one defenseman, Elias Pettersson, Quinn Hughes. Why don't you, uh, why don't you give everyone the latest here? Sure. No, thank you, Parker. Um, so here's the latest. We know that these guys need new contracts. They are both, uh, they're expiring RFA, their first entry-level contract. So they're what we call restricted free agents. We have exclusive negotiating rights. Quick, quick, quick caveat. A team can offer sheet Elias Pettersson. We're not worried about that because the Canucks will likely match. So we don't have to get into the nuances of that. What's important for all of us to talk about now is that whatever Hughes makes, whatever Pettersson makes, those are the priorities because that's going to basically tell us how much money we have left to sign maybe another D-man or two, another bottom six forward or two. And it'll, it'll basically help set whether it's $5 million, $6 million, $8 million in motion. Now, why it's important today, Parker, is Elliot Friedman's talking about it, is Rick Dolly was talking about it. And I even heard Chris Gear, the assistant general manager, who I really like. I don't know about you. I really uh, like him. And I think people who don't like Benning, they can take solace in knowing that there's a smart guy in Chris Gear alongside Benning. He said all the right things. He even said a small nuance like this. It's important that we sign uh, Petey before Hughes and not the other way around, because if they sign Hughes first, it might give a team a signal that, oh, oh they're going to be in trouble to sign Pedersen. Then let's go offer sheet Pedersen. So even a small nuance like that was fascinating to me. So yeah. bottom line, Pedersen needs a new contract. They're talking bridge deal. And we've talked about this before many times, maybe a Matt Barzell three times seven. Quinn Hughes, potentially a longer term deal, i.e. he can make more money and then you're trying to buy into some of his UFA years already. So that's the nuance, the difference. PD likely short term bridge, three years. Hughes, as long as it's not four years, that's the dumbest contract ever. You want to go six, seven or eight for Hughes if you're going long term. Absolutely. And yeah, I think we'll talk a little bit more about that Chris Gear interview later on. Uh, lots, yeah. of, lots of good little nuggets in that one. And uh, yeah, so we heard from Elliot Friedman today um, that Pedersen... Uh, likely going to be around three years. So, of course, that first brings everyone's minds to Matt Barzell, right? Barzell signed three times seven uh, for the Islanders, uh, which is a tight little piece of piece of business for the Islanders. And you got to think, 
you know, there, I've seen people on both sides saying, well, Pedersen <laughs> should get more than Barzell because he's a better player. And it's like, yeah, well, I mean, he was kind of out for most of this season. It's not a huge sample size to go off of. And yeah, he's a really good player. Um, but at the end of the day, you, you, you go off of what he's shown you and uh, you haven't yeah. seen at least this last year. You didn't see a ton. Uh, so this might be. It might be the right scenario on both sides, right? For the Canucks, it's, yeah. well, let's make sure that he is going to be a top 10 center in the NHL, right? Let's make sure before we commit to eight years at $9 million, let's make, let's, you know, let's hedge the bets a little bit. Let's wait three years. And if you're Elias Pettersson, you're saying, yeah, well, right now I could sign an eight year deal and, and get decent money or three years down the line, that salary cap's going to go up. Um, yeah. Once co once the flat caps mostly over, once those uh, US TV deals are in full swing, you know we might see the cap go up a few million dollars, and Pedersen can then go, okay, now I'm going to cash in and say, you know, eight years. Who knows? At that point, it might be twelve, thirteen million dollars for a guy <laughs> like Pedersen, uh, especially if that uh, that salary cap keeps going up. So it kind of makes a lot of sense on both sides to me. Yeah, as usual, Parker, you make a great point. Uh, a bridge deal for Petey makes sense from both the team's perspective and especially from Pedersen. Very similar to Brock Besser. Remember, he came off an injury in his third year, signs a three-year deal, uh, almost a show-me deal, and now he's guaranteed at least $7.5 million a year for his next contract as the last year of his three-year deal. So I agree with you. Petey makes sense. He can prove himself a little bit more. Uh, we know he's good but he didn't have a good season last year, not entirely his fault. So yes, he can easily build up his value. So if that's the case, Parker, if we agree that PD should be a three-year bridge deal, what's in it for Quinn to go with a long-term deal in your eyes? Sure, yeah. And I I only saw the one tweet that said that it won't be the same term as Pedersen. Was that confirmed right. that it's going to be long or could it also go on the shorter end? No, I think uh, both, um, great question, both... Elliot Friedman and even Chris Geary hinted that it would be on the longer side as opposed to the shorter side. Okay, so I kind of see this as um, the Canucks just sort of putting their money down on, like sort of, you know, placing a bet on Quinn Hughes, uh, who yeah. had kind of a down year this year, right? Now, if you look at Quinn Hughes last year and you think, yep, this is the player he's going to be at the minimum and he's only going to get better from there, and th and you look at this last year as just an outlier... Well, you can then take this last year as part of the contract negotiations, and then you can say, all right, we're going to put six, seven years on the table here mm -hmm. at, uh, at maybe a slightly reduced number, right? We're going we're gonna to make a gamble here that if it pays off, if we're only paying Quinn Hughes, you know, six, seven million dollars in six years from now when he's like 25 years old uh, or maybe even four or five years from now like 25 years old and potentially mm -hmm. one of the best defensemen in the nhl maybe a top 10 defenseman well then it's a steal right then at that point yeah. you're really expanding your window and i think one of the things that i i've tried to preach a lot is going all in for one run doesn't really work because even mm -hmm. the best teams in the nhl you look at colorado who might have been the best team in the nhl this year it just you have to beat four teams. It just takes one of them. You need one bad set. You need your goalie to have one bad stretch of games, and it falls apart. But if you can, you know, stretch that window out. I mean, we saw that with the Washington Capitals, right? They didn't win in their window. Yeah. They won like two years after it because they kept making smart decisions. So if you can do all of the work to just give yourself the best opportunity to win, not once but over a five six year span, then that's yeah. that's really the right way to do it. Right. And good points. And even if Quinn Hughes does sign seven years now, that's the same as PD doing three and then four. So I don't think people should freak out if, if, uh, if, if it's a long-term contract for all the reasons that you mentioned is we could potentially, depending on the way things go and the way Hughes goes, it could be a steal four five, six years into this deal for sure. And the other thing, and we talked about this before, Parker, you know, how we always talked about how, you know, the big four of, of Hughes and McCarr and Darlene and, and Hiskinen. Uh, and every, they're all going to get matching contracts because they're all so good and they're all going to yeah. build up their bargaining power. It might be a little more divergent or diverse than we thought, I think. Yeah, I mean, we saw McCarr, especially in this last playoff series where, <laughs> at, where I actually watched a lot of them. And it's like, he's on, he's on another tier. And yep, there, there's a reason that the Canucks uh, supposedly had McCarr-Pedersen 1-2 in that draft. 
uh, back in wow. 2017, right? Like that was their yeah. rumor is if Makar was available at five, uh, they would have taken him over Pedersen. And I don't hmm. think you could have faulted them at this point, right? You would have had either yeah. a, a 1D or a 1C. Yeah. Both are very essential, right? So uh, yeah, Makar is going to get just so paid it's it's ridiculous <laughs> um but yeah i and i mean we saw it with with the horvat contract right we saw him get you know the canucks said well look this guy's going to be our captain in a couple of years he is going to be you know either our one or two c let's lock him up for six years at what was it five yeah. and a half five and a half million well i mean yep. you look at that now and in theory if the canucks had really optimize their window to be let's let's make a run while Horvat's making five and a half Pedersen's making a million Hughes is making a million that would have been a pretty good uh everything coming together oh, yeah. while everyone's on a cheap deal you know Thatcher Demko making a million dollars as well um yep. but uh, of course you know things don't always work out the way we want them to <laughs> uh so we'll have Horvat you know eventually getting a new deal but it was one of those deals that you know, worked out five and a half million. He's, he's worth probably more than that right now as, you know, a, a team yeah. captain and, and a guy who would probably be a l mid to low end one C uh, or a very high end two C um, in the NHL. That is such a strong point Parker about being competitive, being in your window on cheap contracts. Cause the way you laid it out imagine if it was this season you're right, where Hughes Pedersen on their cheap ELCs, you have Brock in his second deal, Horvat. But you're right. If if the competitive window is indeed two or three years from now, as we've heard, that's Brock's new deal. That's Horvat's new deal. That's Miller if you want him back. And that's uh, Pedersen and Hughes' new deal and Demko. So now you have your six, basically, cornerstones all on their second or third deals as opposed to the first or second deals. And that means less money to go and supplement the the, the rest of the team with. So, you know, we're not, we're not complaining. You can't do anything about it now. And at least it sounds like they have a plan. They know that this for next year with Roussel, Beagle, Erickson, and and Hopi and Cat Recapture Penalty all still on the books. We know that this year's kind of a, you know, sting, you know, treading water year. And then and next summer is when we have some flexibility for sure. Absolutely. And I mean, we talk about, you know, everything is sort of about value in a salary cap league, yeah. right? You know, you can have the best players, but if they're making more money than their value, then they're a negative asset to the team, right? So, I yeah. mean, if the Canucks had, let's say... Uh, you know, Brock Besser making under six right now, Horvat making five mm -hmm. and a half, JT Miller making five and a quarter. Um, yep. I mean, you know, the list goes on. Pedersen, of course, Hughes making, you know, entry level deals, uh, Demko making $1 million this year. <laughs> and you take away, um, you know, let's say Edler making six million, Myers making six million, um, Beagle, Roussel each making three, Sutter making four and a half, right? Don't forget let's, Louis. Don't forget Louis. Louis. The Luongo Capricats, right? Let's say, let's say the Canucks had optimized everything in a way where they had those core guys on those cheap deals, and they had yeah. twenty-five to thirty million dollars of salary cap oh. going into free agency oh. last year. You think this team wouldn't be a contender? Like that, another thirty million, oh. right? That's it's literally forty percent of your cap. So it's all about optimizing around contracts and if they if the canucks i mean you know it's too late for the entry level deals uh, i mean yeah. we will have pod colson coming in an entry level deal for 3 years you have hoglander an entry level deal for the next 2 years not as top tier players per se but definitely yeah. good pieces that are going to have value um if you can set yourself up for the future and set yourself up for a window where you're going to have some players. Maybe you're taking a gamble, but you're going to have these good value contracts, uh, you know, three, four years down the line when the Canucks mm. should be hopefully in the heart of their contending window, then, you know, that's just setting yourself up for success. Man, I don't know what makes me more sad. The fact that you laid out the missed opportunity we had this year with $30 million tied up in kind of, superfluous players or the fact that tomorrow is the 10 year anniversary of game seven. I thought that was really sad, but you just made me even more sad. Thank you. I appreciate you, brother. It's it's all sadness in, in Canucks <laughs> land. That's, that's, we, that's all we're, that's all we're here for. <laughs> so no, that was, that, I think that was a pretty good breakdown. So hopefully in the chat that, that helped everyone that's here about what they're looking at for both PD and Hughes. Should we talk about some of the coaches now? And do you want to walk us through this one sure yeah lots of uh lots of big news around the canucks front i get or on the coaches front let's start i guess with the smallest category which is not returning uh, and that's newell brown the the power play coach for the canucks and the, he's had a lot of backlash uh, in social media the last few years around the power play uh, of the canucks with 
you know, the drop pass that isn't executed very well. Um, and just sort of the static power play uh, set up for the Canucks. So Newell Brown uh, let go. So that's that's mm-hmm. one change. Uh, extended wise, Nolan Baumgartner will stay on as the assistant co- as one of the assistant coaches. Jason King staying on. Uh, Ian Clark getting a promotion in name only to director of goaltending operations. But he said in his interview with Halford and Bruff that he was already doing all this stuff anyways. So uh, he is sticking around. Uh, Daryl Seward staying around as the video coach, which is sort of more behind the scenes. Uh, and then two more people brought on, uh, hired Bradshaw uh, as uh, an assistant coach and Kyle Gustafson as a special assignment coach. Let's start with, let's start at the top 10. Newell Brown, what are your thoughts on them not bringing him back? Let's not forget that we were the fourth best power play in the league just two years ago under Newell Brown. And maybe that was because it was, yeah, Pedersen was our new shiny toy and Hughes and, and was, well, no, Hughes just came in at the end of the last, the, at the end. No, no, that was his first full season. So I can see why, you know, the power play was good just two short seasons ago. But yes, it did falter a little bit. Uh, It's funny you mentioned the drop pass. Parker, you know this. Every team uses the drop pass now. They just, probably use it a little better than than we do sometimes yeah. like they actually give it to a guy who has speed coming up not that our guys are slow but you know uh i we've talked about this before i think the power play when you have that personnel that should be good enough to, for to be way better than it was just too static too predictable not enough movement and therefore easier to defend so um uh, from all accounts he he was a really good person a great coach guys liked him and travis green knows that he's gonna get another job but I have no problem with changing things up. I, I know you and I talked about maybe surprised that it was maybe Brown and not Baumgartner that 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 took the axe, but in this case, it was indeed Newell Brown. Yeah, and we mentioned sort of you know the personnel the Canucks have, and this you know most teams in the NHL have good power plays, right? Like they have good yeah. they have good players on their power play, um, and you could look at the Canucks group and say, well, maybe they're not top tier, but they're they're one of the uh, maybe one of the better ones, or even middle of the pack. Uh, this last year, though, 25th in the NHL uh, on power play percentage was 17.4, and that's in Thanks. the North Division, which was notoriously <laughs> leaky on defense, I think it's fair to say. Um, yeah. You know, the Edmonton Oilers had the number one power play in the league with 10% more, like 10% higher, which is actually 30% better on the power play at 27.6%, right? What's the difference? Yeah. Well, I mean, Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, of course, but also the movement, right? I mean, when you it's making the most out of that personnel. So I think that's the direction they went. Um, and, you know, we're at, yep. the, we're at the point where, you know, if, if Travis Green thinks that that's the right move uh, and it's it's a move that he thinks will improve the power play, I can't argue with it because uh, I think I think it needed a shake up at the very least. Yeah, it's a trickle down effect. If you're not good on your power play, then teams won't be afraid to take penalties against you. They'll rough you up a little bit. And then you're now you're asking questions about team toughness. So how do you make them pay? You make them pay by taking penalties by scoring on your power play. So. Let's see what happens, uh, whether, you know, Shaw is known, I know we'll get to him, he's known as a defensive guy, but he's known as a very bright guy, so he's going to help, mm-hmm. I think, all areas of our of our, of our our team, for sure. All right, on to the extended category, uh, Nolan, all right. Nolan Baumgartner, d- uh, defensive yep. coach. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, um, a tiny bit surprised, but do you blame our defense on our, on our systems, on our personnel, maybe a combination of both? Uh, so uh, I, I do know that the the club thinks he's a very bright mind you know he, he played in the system so um, I, I didn't think both brown and Baumgartner would be gone so it the fact that if brown was the one that was going to go i guess it makes sense and i think uh you know we've talked about this uh, schmidt got better hamlet got better as the year went on so maybe maybe we can chalk it up to a, just a crazy year last year i don't know i, I don't mind him but i'm not his biggest fan how about you i'm more like honestly at this point i don't know a lot about like what like how, i don't know what a defense uh, what a defense coach does day to day right i don't know the impact right. he has right we can look yeah. at it and say yeah the canucks defense wasn't great this year and then we can also look at the players and say okay well on paper the canucks defense also wasn't great this year right um yeah. so at that point you know is it the personnel is it the coach it's hard to tell so again totally. it's one of those ones where i don't know uh, i i've you know i thought the defense wasn't great uh, but that yeah. doesn't necessarily mean the coach was the problem. Sure. Agreed. All right. Next on our list is Jason King. 
former yeah uh, former vancouver canuck played something like 55 games for the canucks back in the day yeah. um a staple on the manitoba moose uh sticking mm -hmm. around with the uh with the vancouver canucks uh still as an assistant coach uh, i guess just brought on this year he was in the utica system uh for a few years coached in utica for i think four years uh got promoted up to the canucks squad this last year and uh, he's sticking around yeah, and he actually, in essence, takes Newell Brown's position as the power play and offense forwards coach behind the bench. So he will join Travis Green on the bench. And did you know, Parker, I know this was uh, right when you're, you know, you're a lot younger than I am. So I don't know if you remember, he was actually on a line with the Sedins and they called themselves the mattress line mm -hmm. because you have two twins yeah. and, a, and king. a king. So, yep. yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah so I do that, that, there's... That you do was, remember that was right at the beginning of my my Canucks watching was was around then. Uh, so then you'll also remember, in. yeah, right. You also remember he's not the most skilled player ever. So on one hand, do you want Jason King running your power play? Uh, yeah, former pro, maybe he's a really good coach. So uh, I'm okay with it. He, uh, I he's he was okay. He was just okay. So I'm kind of indifferent. I, I don't mind it. Maybe a new fresh eyes, fresh fresh uh fresh philosophy might do the team well right but you don't have to have been a great player to be a good coach right i mean we true see, we've seen we see a ton of coaches that that weren't pro players at all yeah um yeah and for a guy to have been drafted you know seventh round uh back in 2001 <laughs> to have come out to actually have played you know albeit only 59 nhl games um <laughs> You know, you probably think it's probably not a skill thing that's the reason he made it. It's probably an IQ thing, right? It's probably yeah. he, he thought the game really well, even if he didn't have the skill to back it up. Uh, and that's more important yeah. as a coach than a guy with good hands. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, well said. Good so, point. I think, uh, you know, if, if he is shown, uh, I mean, clearly, look, the guy is still only 39. Right, like he's he's mm. literally still at an age to be playing in the NHL. Still, had he been a yeah. better player, he's already gone. He's put in seven years as an assistant coach already. That's you know clearly guys dedicated and he wants to learn. And uh, yeah. you know if he's if he's got the brains, then that's good enough for me. <laughs> Sounds like a what's that song? I've got the brains, you've got the. Anyways, yeah, let's make lots of money. I'm not sure if he's gonna be making lots of money, but yes. <laughs> Good, good point. Okay, and then I, I don't think we have, don't have talked too much about Daryl Seward. I guess I, we trust that he's doing a good job as a video coach. I don't know. I guess so. They haven't <laughs> they haven't called me yet, so I guess he's doing fine. They should, man. Have they seen your breakdown videos? <laughs> they they not. should. Well, hey, quick aside, is that? Uh, I don't want to put you on the spot here. Is that something you are either aspiring for, or just would you entertain if a, if a team like the Canucks came after you? I would totally entertain that. That would be, that would be, a, cool. it would be a chance at a Stanley cup ring. So like, that's, <laughs> I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't care about the pay. Uh, yeah, no, I'd, I'd be gone in a heartbeat if any team, cause it'd be again, okay. if I could have a Stanley cup ring from not being right. a good hockey player, that'd be sweet. Um, well, let's see, <laughs> let's have a little competition and I think you're going to win. Let's see who gets hired first. You as a video an analyst or me as an organ player, we'll see who gets into a hockey team first? We've got a long ways to go, I think. Um, <laughs> but uh, we can dream. Um, right. And of course, the big one, uh, the big extension, Ian Clark. And this one yeah. was a little controversial. We didn't know if it was going to happen. Um, we had rumors that you know the deadline got missed and it looked like he would be gone, most likely, based on what happened in Columbus. Uh, the Canucks you know, got Travis Green done. Uh, you know, uh, Chris Gear sort of mentioned that hierarchy that they had to had to drill yeah. down in, which I kind of disagree with. I think you can have, you know, I think you could multitask <laughs> to to go back to the, sort of the running theme uh, of the management group. Um, but they 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 were able to keep him, and a guy who is regarded around the NHL as one of the best, if not the best. Uh, it seemed like a no brainer to get it done, and uh, and it did. Yeah, what was cool is uh, I remember watching, obviously, I know what I talked about. And I, I watched your video about this too when it happened is you you did a really good job of breaking down exactly the timing. And, and you said that if you're that good, you don't really have to wait for this hierarchy and, and this timeline. And you did a really good job talking about his history of of kind of being a, a shrewd negotiator in his previous deals. I kind of went more along the fact of this five years matches Thatcher Demko's five years. And that's, that's saying something, right? When Benning's mm -hmm. only getting two left, when Travis Green's only getting two, and your goaltending coach is getting five. 
that says a lot about it. The other thing I was going to say really quickly is um, it was cool. I was on my cousin Dusty's uh, podcast and he was explaining to me how more teams are starting to go to this director of goaltending approach. And look what happens one week later, not because of that, but yes, you're right. Uh, he, he gets a promotion in title, even though he was doing that work already. Can you imagine if that was a stumbling point, Parker? Imagine if we had to wait all this time because he wanted that. Ty- I, I know that's not their actual reason, but still. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, to sort of go back on, on the contract itself and how, you know, the whole head coach thing. I mean, if you're scared to hire this guy because you're not sure if your head coach is going to come back, right? So let's say Travis Green mm-hmm. doesn't re-sign. Uh, you go out and get a new head coach. And your your main worry on not re-signing your goaltending coach would be, well, maybe the new head coach doesn't want him and he wants his own goaltending coach. But when we're talking about a guy who's <laughs> regarded around the league as the best or one yeah. of the best, who the starting goaltender of the team has come out and basically begged management to re-sign the guy. And even the backup goalie has had great things to say about him, even though he's changed a lot of things about his game. And from what we've heard can be very demanding. That should be enough, right? You think it's like, it's like going out and being like, well, I don't know if we need. I don't, I don't know if we should bring back Connor McDavid next next year because we're gonna have a different head coach. And what if he doesn't want Connor McDavid on the team, right? Yeah. Like it's yeah. it's crazy to me. And yes, a goaltending coach isn't gonna have the same impact as Connor McDavid is. But at the end of the day, if he's the best, he's the best. So whoever mm-hmm. whoever's above him on the hierarchy would love to have him uh, as part of the team, especially if he's gonna make your goaltending better. Uh, and yeah, yeah, going back and of course the whole five year thing, uh, it just makes a lot of sense to me. You know, it, it, yeah. It, it sort of falls in with what I just said. Uh, it makes more sense to have him as sort of a separate entity than uh, than the rest of the coaching staff. Absolutely, and I've joked around—not even joked around—about my cousin Dusty looking for uh, you know being in the with the Kings with the Jets looking for a new team. So I guess it won't be the Canucks. So maybe Dusty goes down the I five to Seattle, but we'll worry about that when it happens. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go on to the new hires. Let's start off with the yeah. lower key one, Kyle Gustafson. Uh, do you know yeah. anything about him? Uh, an Nothing. assistant, I, I assistant just know... slash special yeah. assignment coach. Yeah, and it's so bad, man. Like in my vlogs, I would start, I press record, one take wonder, right? So I say, and I would never remember what his title was. So I was saying stuff like special skills, special needs, which doesn't make sense at all. Special, like uh, who knows, but special assignments. That's good to know. So he's not technically the skills coach, although Chris Higgins, is no longer a skills coach. He's back to player development. So who knows what Kyle uh, Gustafson is going to do. I do know he worked with Travis Green back in Portland in the HL days. So there's obviously a relationship there. And apparently he's going to be kind of like an eye in the sky, press box type of coach and not mm-hmm. behind the bench. You well, can only have so many guys behind the bench. Yeah, it's good to have, right? Just more eyes, yeah. uh, you know, more people bringing in ideas. And of course, the biggest one uh, is Brad Shaw, uh, who was yes. uh, assistant and associate coach of the St. Louis Blues. Uh, from 2006 to 2016, um, was you know coached for in for the Islanders for the Lightning, uh, and as you said, sort of a defense guy, uh, yeah. but he might have a little bit more responsibility than that coming here. Absolutely. Did you hear his interview with? I think it was yeah, on Sportsnet 650. I was so impressed, man. I think I missed that one. I think I only heard the oh, Clark okay. one. Okay, so he went for a good 18 to 20 minutes, and he was even breaking down like Quinn Hughes's game, saying. You know, this is how he can do. He can he can uh, do this better when he's on one on one battles. He can uh, he can go after the puck when it's exposed off the offensive players. Like he was saying a lot of really really cool things, and it just showed. And he also talks a lot. Maybe that's why I like him. But he showed to me that he's very thoughtful. He's a great communicator, and I think this is low key going to be an amazing pickup for the team. Yeah, and it's it is it has been the issue with the Canucks is uh, is the defensive side, right? Uh, you look, yeah. they have all the firepower, right? I mean, not all of it. They could use more, of course. Uh, but the the two way game has been an issue. So, uh, if if Bradshaw is you know going to be this defensive, not necessarily defense guru, but defensive guru, uh, right. to sort of help even the offensive side get involved in defense, and and I mean, it, it takes a lot of strain off of your goaltending, right? If you can have, uh, you know, a a, a better defensive structure. Uh, and you know, preventing more goals is always going to help you win more games. So that's, I, <laughs> yes. I mean, I don't have a ton else to say. Uh, he's, he's yeah. a guy who, who seems really smart. Um, yeah. and, uh, I mean, more smart people behind the bench uh, again, can't be a bad thing. 
Absolutely. I, and to wrap this up, I think one thing that we should note about Shaw is he worked with Petrangelo in St. Louis before obviously he got traded. He worked with Ruwenski and Seth Jones in Columbus. So he's worked with some really good top tier, top pairing defensemen. So that would seem to bode well for his work with Quinn Hughes. So I'm hopeful. Yep. Absolutely. Me too. Uh, so wow, yeah, we flew through that. Yeah, wow. well, I, we, we kind of had to. There's six of them. So it's a, <laughs> it is a, a lot to get through. Of course, that was last Wednesday. Uh, we both yeah. put out videos on those. So if you want more in-depth talk on that, of course, you can go uh, to any of our YouTube channels. They're all linked down below. And you can see them below our faces here if you're watching on the video ver version. And if you're listening to the podcast version and you're on Apple especially, leave a five-star review uh, and we'll read it out on the next show uh where do you awesome. want to go next there's one last or two last bits of canucks uh things okay uh first one is going to be very quick the ahl team the abbotsford ahl team uh, apparently are going to have a short list of names announced tomorrow oh. so oh. that's going to be some fun conversation uh again yeah. i'm sure we'll each have a video on that tomorrow so uh, with our well, you favorites. might. I, I'm not sure if I will. But <laughs> I, I'm gonna I'm gonna do a power ranking of all of them. That's gonna be Sweet. exciting. Um, so you know whether that's the aces or the pilots or the farmers or whatever it is, uh, we'll know more about that tomorrow. Um, right if they now, are called the Abbotsford Farmers, I will buy you dinner at the keg. Wow, that's not gonna happen. Uh, <laughs> what's your what going in? What's your odds-on favorite going into <laughs> oh, that God. list? Do we like alliteration? So Abbotsford, whatever, airplanes, arrows, alligators, apples. No, I don't I don't know. Um Abbotsford Millionaires, Abbotsford Fraser Value Millionaires, Abbotsford uh, Flat. I don't know. <laughs> there's a there's Abbotsford a, heading east. They got, a, they got a mountain in Abbotsford. <laughs> um I'm I, totally showing my city like Richmond, yeah. Richmond uh bias here. Yeah, you stay. You well, what stay, do you think? I, I have no clue, obviously. River. What do you think? Uh, yeah. I, I'm leaning aces. I think that's had the most sort of um, support uh, on the social media side. And it, it does okay. seem, you know, if they're going to go that whole airplane theme, which I mean, that's sort yeah. of the only real thing in Abbotsford. Um, Castle Fun Park's another big attraction there in the Agri Fair. Um, Abbotsford mini golfers. Yes. <laughs> yes. The batting cages. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. <laughs> um, but no, I, I, I like the aces. Uh, I've liked lots okay. of the mock-ups we've seen again. I'm cool. I'm sure they stick with the blue and green, uh, style as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. Other than that, the other only semi-interesting Canucks news, uh, Lucas Yasik, uh, yeah. likely is not going to get qualified and is just going to become a UFA. Now, when did we draft this guy? I want to say 2018. I think it's it takes okay. three years until uh, you okay. have to be signed, right? Uh, it, was, it was 2015. Whoa, I'm way off here. Um, Whoa, I, why do you even know that? I thought he, I thought it was a lot more recent. Um, he played in Utica for four years, apparently. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, so we What's had, his stat line? So 2018-19, 29 points in 63 games. It's fine as, yep. a, as a first year. Uh, next year, 27 points in 56 games in the shortened season. And then this yeah. season, uh, he played in the Czechs League, uh, put up 12 points in 19 games. Then he came to Utica and put up 23 in 28. Uh, only four, oh. only four goals among that though. But at this point, you know the guy's 23, um, and you know he was a sixth round pick in 2015. I guess he just sort of made the the, the decision that uh, he'd rather play in Europe than in uh, in Vancouver here. Yeah, I don't see a lot of angst on Twitter. And it's funny, Parker, when you mentioned 2015, now I do remember, but I also remember that, yeah, he hasn't done much. So I don't know, no harm, no foul to me. It, it, it's, it doesn't seem like a big loss when you have guys like Podkolz and Hoglander that you want to give spots to and others, you might say, that have a have a better chance of having an impact on this team. Yeah, and I mean, basically his, his he was on his ELC uh, when he played in Utica. Yeah. Ran out, uh, so he's an RFA. Uh, and it's at the point where if you don't think he's going to play for you now, it was kind of weird to me because, you know, putting bodies in Abbotsford is something you're going to have to do. Um, True. He, he seemed like a pretty good, you know, put him in, uh, put him in Abbotsford and, uh, yeah. you know, that would probably be a good, a good guy who could develop into maybe a fourth liner, um, at True. best. Uh, and, but again, you can find a million of those guys, right? If you're looking for a cheap fourth liner, 
You don't yeah. have to go out and spend $3 million on one for four years. You can go out and you can find a cheap one uh, to fill those slots. Um, so I don't, again, everyone's like, ah, like you're losing a guy for nothing. And it's like, yeah, but you could also get one of these guys for nothing as well. Right. So I would say signing a 2015 six round draft pick just for the sake of not losing him. Don't do that. And that's what the Canucks thought as well. Um, there you go. All right. Let's take a quick, uh, quick note here uh, for all of you who are listening and who like to show up every week at 10 p.m. on Monday. Uh, programming <laughs> note, next week's episode will not be at 10 p.m. It's going to be earlier. Oh, no, no. It's going to be at 7.30 Pacific, so it should come. Because one of us has an athletic competition to go to. You so, guys can guess who's who. So basically, uh, that I think the game ends at around 7.30 on, uh, on next Monday, uh, whatever, the Tampa Bay game, uh, if yeah. necessary. Um, yeah, so I have a, I have a hockey game at nine 30 that night. So if you guys, uh, can come stick around at seven 30 instead, and if you miss it, of course you can watch the recorded version or go subscribe to the podcast version and listen to it, uh, later that day. If you want to watch it at 10 PM, it'll be up at 10 PM already done. That's true. And even on and your you can pretend you're watching it. Exactly. Yeah, and on podcast platforms, uh, on Spotify, it'll be up by 10 o'clock on Spotify. So if you're used to it at 10 a.m. or 10 p.m., it'll be there. Don't worry about it. Um, but yeah, uh, it's just going to be a little. It's going to be Canucks before dark uh, next Monday. That's true. And you know, it, it's funny, Parker. Out, out of 11 episodes, this will be the only, the first one that we had to move off our time by fluke. It actually is better for me as well because then I can take a break, study a bit, and then I was thinking about jumping on to as for my birthday celebration, but it's kind of a goofy thing that I, I've done. It's not even a tradition. I started last year. I don't think one year counts as a tradition. So yeah, let's do Canucks After Dark, 7.30, 8.30. And then I might jump on at 11.45 and and be with myself as I celebrate my birthday. But that's that's for another thing. Should we do three minutes of don't do that? Sure. Let's do that. <laughs> Forgetting about <laughs> don't do that. Don't do that. Yeah, exactly. No, that's fine. And Parker, not uh, not scoring in your debut on next Monday night. Don't do that. Okay, that's Are a you little forward? pressure. I don't know. Uh, usually, oh. I, I switch back and forth. I'm better at defense, so I usually play okay. defense. Um, but I cool, I like to play forward because scoring is fun. Um, of course, of course. Uh, I've got I got one uh, from Lucas that that he sent to me uh, saying uh, switching fan bases for the Seattle Kraken. Uh, don't do that. And now I'm not going to mention any names, but there is a a podcast on a certain podcast network that I saw is going to be a they're the WHL podcast. Basically, they are yes, going I to be supporting them. the Kraken. Don't do that. Don't do that. And actually, Joshua Gold on my YouTube channel today said the exact same thing is switching allegiance to the Seattle Kraken. Don't that was that do was that. Josh Gould. Sorry, Josh. I had Lucas's oh. rate below that. And uh, and that wasn't even relevant at all. Send, <laughs> sending me DMs and expecting me to get them right? Don't do that. <laughs> A rare gap. No, that was pretty funny, actually. Uh, that was good. I'm glad Fan you mentioned girl, his not... name. <laughs> <laughs> well, he'll be like, hey, that guy had the exact same tweet as me. Yeah. <laughs> Fangirl, not putting Erickson on the Abbotsford to be named HL team. Don't do that. That's fair. That's fair. Well, Save uh, $1 million yeah. of cap space. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. Right around there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes um and yeah go ahead go for it uh i was ooh, I, I, I already knew i wasn't even going to uh justin uh not being here <laughs> next week for clay's late night birthday stream don't do that when did you say that was 11 45 you're doing it <laughs> yeah it's gonna be so stupid why like I, well so here's the thing really quick I, I'll, <laughs> I'll be very quick last year i it was on a sunday night so i did my regular sunday night stream and then i i took a bit of a break and i came down and then i i this is how why much wouldn't of a you just dork make I am. The, why would you just make the 10 o'clock one the birthday one? Because then I, well, if I want to be there when I turn, when the clock turns, then it's a two hour oh, stream and I can't, I, see. I can't handle that. Yeah. So it works out Monday night. It's perfect. Connects after dark with you. Take a break, come down 1145, do a small half an hour stream. And we'll see if there's like five, even five people that show up. We can do this. Pat myself on the back, and then I'll go to bed, and and then we'll go from there. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. See, I I assumed that like that day was your birthday, and <laughs> I, and I was like, just why are you postponing it so long? But if you want to be there as the clock turns, I mean, you could just right. 
do the stream the following day. But I, I digress. I, Anyways. But no, but I do have that in, in the plan too. But you know, we'll just worry okay. about that later. Okay. <laughs> see edits. Not listening to Brad Shaw when your team wants to be a contender. Don't do that. Exactly. See edits. I'm with you. Brad Shaw is going to be awesome. Yeah. Honestly, anyone who has a, has a brain uh, and a good one, good, good yeah. by me. And Verno, I think, is throwing shade at me with the next one. Once you read it, uh, saying I don't know that guy when talking about Canucks new coaching staff, don't do that. Now, I'm gonna give you guys a little peek behind the curtain here. <laughs> Look, we we make videos and talk about our favorite team all the time. We don't know everything. Yeah. We are we expected to know off the bat when we see like, oh man, the hey the Canucks got Kyle Gustafson. No disrespect to Kyle if you're watching out there, which I know you aren't. Um, but like, look, we don't know everybody in the, in the NHL coaching industry, uh, especially, you know, so at the end of the day, look, we, we just do our research. We package yep. it all up into a, uh, easy digestible format for you guys. Uh, and we hope you enjoy it. And last one, Dexter, tell me you get this one, Parker. Dexter is really funny, but I'm not sure where he's going with this one. Budging in front of Travis green at the buffet on the road. Don't do that. Is there a story there? I Googled it and I can't find anything. Okay. Um, Dexter, explain yourself in the chat, please. Yeah. I'm, I am interested in some more, some more context there. <laughs> Having a bottom tier power play. Don't do that. Okay. We'll yeah, see that. Let's one in. get Thank that up. You. All right. All right. Uh, 10 minutes of whatever you want before we go to them. Uh, let's talk about the rest of the NHL. Uh, a lot of stuff right. to, to fit in here. Uh, Dexter says he doesn't want anyone taking all of Travis Green's food. Okay. <laughs> sure um uh That's first funny. one big news from today uh gerard yeah. gallant free agent head coach formerly of the florida panthers and vegas golden knights uh again fired from both for kind of unknown reasons we never really found no. out why considering they were performing well uh, and he seems to be a very good coach uh signed on with the new york rangers today so they had uh they had a full sort of house cleaning uh, I want to say yeah. about a month ago, uh, they went out, they got a heck of a coach, uh, to, to help try to build up some guys like, you know, Alexi Lafreniere, uh, and the rest. Do you think the world championship gold medal has sealed the deal? Or do you think this was in place already? I would assume it was in place already. And it just, they had yeah, to wait so. for the world championship to end. It would be a really weird thing to, uh, <laughs> now if they had just lost every game in the world championship, which they almost did. <laughs> could that have put yeah. some things in jeopardy maybe but i think he had the resume going in right like mm -hmm. his resume sort of spoke for itself uh, i don't think that yep. that was a big part of it but it couldn't have hurt i mean bringing this team yeah. basically from the brink of elimination uh where they needed some luck to go their way to even make it as far as they did to go out and win the gold medal uh over finland uh you know just another another check mark on the resume and it's just strange when you think of Gerard Gallant and more so, this is a comment more on the Vegas Golden Knights. They've been good the four seasons they've been in the league or three, whatever it is. But they fired him and replaced him with their rival's coach, Peter DeBoer of the San Jose Sharks. That's yeah, so weird. That was so bizarre. Uh, and I still don't get it. Cause like, Me neither. Because it's, like, it's not like the Sharks were good either, really, right? Yeah. Like it's just, that. yeah, that was a bizarre, uh, a bizarre move. Uh, and I think, I think the Rangers got a good coach there. Agreed. Agreed. All right, uh, let's talk about, I mean, this is our first episode since round two finished, right? So we actually have yep. uh, some series to review. Uh, yeah. Well, the biggest Did you do one, a prediction video? For this round, I did not. I was going to, okay. and I got lazy. Uh, well, let's just do it right now. Yeah. So I guess the first, if we look back at, uh, at the last round, the biggest one was Vegas, Colorado. Um <sighs> That was, uh, you know, Colorado goes up uh, in the series. Um, what was it? They were up two, right? They won the first two games. Yeah. First game, seven to one. Second game, three, two in overtime. And then yeah. Vegas wins. And then Vegas wins. And they won four games in a row. And the Avalanche just sort of ran out of steam. Uh, Marc-Andre Fleury put up a wall, as he tends to do. And uh, the favorite, um, the odds-on favorite from basically every source out there, um goes down in six avalanche could have won should have won game five and then now we're talking about a, a seven game series no matter who wins right so that's what a huge difference and maybe I, I won't put words in your mouth i know i was probably talking to not even talking smack but i i was not giving vegas enough credit after that 7-1 victory in game one 
forgetting that Colorado had coming off a week of rest after sweeping, whereas Vegas got one day of rest, right, as they navigated from their their first round series. So, yeah, we saw it tonight too. Um, Vegas is just as good as Colorado, tie them in points. They maybe Colorado maybe has the more sexy players, so to speak. But I do know that I basically lost all my hockey pools because of it. So, so that game, that game one was on Sunday, May thirtieth. So two weeks ago, we did a show, and we were talking. We talked about that game. We said, "Wow, Colorado crushes Vegas seven to one." Yeah, yeah. And we were like, "Can Colorado go on four straight sweeps?" Um, no, you said that, man. I think I did. Yeah, yeah. no, and I, I got my hopes up a little bit. Um, look, uh, yeah. I was wrong. <laughs> Vegas, yeah. Vegas went out and they, they really just shut down Colorado's game. And, uh, it's, you know, it's a style that, that has worked for them for the past few years and, uh, it, it worked yeah. again and it seems to be working based on the game tonight, but we'll quickly touch on the rest of the series. Uh, sure. Bruins Islanders. Oh, that yeah. was, that was great. That was Good job, and especially with what's happening tomorrow, let's go Islanders! Woo! <laughs> uh, Islanders. Were you truly, them. truly rooting for them, Parker? I was, but not like heavily. I don't care yeah. that much. Um, but no, it was. I was glad they won. Um, I think Boston would have been better for entertainment value going into the next round. Um, yeah. As I, I think they're just a more exciting team. But the Islanders are just, they, they're just this weird group of people who just seem to shut every team down that they go against. Um, I mean, Boston scores, you know, five goals in them in game one, and then they just struggle to score the rest of the series. I'm giggling because the last two episodes, we've both basically said that the Islanders are full of nondescript players. And we were, we were trying to be muted and restrained in our, in our uh, praise for them, but... We have to give them full props, and, oh, and yeah, yeah, no, they're 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 a solid the trots. They're just a solid, hard working team, and probably an underrated defense. We kept ragging about the forwards, but their defense is pretty good. Yeah, absolutely. some good players back there. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. and they are up against the Tampa Bay Lightning, who they yeah. just they made quick work of the Hurricanes. Um, I they mean, did. this series ended the day after our last episode on the Tuesday, a two nothing shutout, uh, just a four one series win. Uh, they, they just, they just won. Like, I don't really yeah. know how else to say it. They just, uh, they went out there, they beat them. Yep. Yeah. And it was Dougie simple. Hamilton whining a little bit. Yeah, he, <laughs> he did. Uh, he definitely did yeah. whine about it a little bit saying, you know, they're 18 million over the salary cap, but you know what? That's, uh, that's the rules that the teams the play rules. by and, uh, you can disagree with it and I disagree with it, but it's just the way she goes. Right, and then that leaves Montreal, Winnipeg. Uh, Which surprise was, was well, that series was over when we had our last. Episode. Oh, that's right. We already talked about this one. <laughs> that came ended a week ago. Uh, with it's Montreal all completing the sweep, uh, and that brings us to round three. Let's uh, yeah. let's talk about these matchups here. Uh, let's start with the one that had a game tonight, uh, and that was Vegas yeah. Montreal. Um, yeah, Vegas looks good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I think. And I look, we've underestimated Montreal at every corner, right? Uh, mm-hmm. And I think, you know, that Toronto series, it was okay. Like, Toronto's the better team. And I still think they are a better team. They just weren't <laughs> in that first yeah. round. Uh, Carey Price stood on his head, uh, was an absolute madman. And uh, and then I, I didn't expect them to sweep the Jets. I thought they might win in seven. Like, I thought it would be like a six or seven game series that could go either way. Uh, yeah. Montreal just went out and crushed them, and now yep. they're up against uh, they're up against Vegas. Who, yeah. I mean, look, we've done this before, where we're like, oh, after game one, man, this one team looks really good. Uh, when it was the whole Colorado and Vegas team, but I, 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 I think it's different this time. <laughs> so I didn't watch the whole game, Parker. I know you did because uh, yep. you had to do a breakdown video. Did Montreal look dangerous and Fleury shut the door? Did they not even look dangerous? Montreal looked good in the first 10 okay. minutes or so, I would say. Yeah. Uh, they looked really solid. Uh, and then Vegas scored that first goal and it took the window to their sails a little bit. That Vegas crowd got into a little more, bit more mm-hmm. uh, and they just sort of uh, put their foot on the gas. I think the second period was fairly even as well. The third period, yeah. though, it was it was over. Uh, Montreal just, just didn't yeah. have a lot of pushback. Right, and as someone who didn't watch the game but looks at the box score, you notice that none of the big guns for Vegas scored. Right, it was all these defensemen, and mm-hmm. uh, so it's it's interesting that 
maybe both teams, obviously Montreal only scored one. So both teams didn't have a lot of firepower from their, their big guns. And maybe that's kind of the, the series type of series we can expect with two really good goaltenders. Right. And, and as things tighten up. Yeah. I mean, you look at, if you, if you look at the goals, the first goal was Shea Theodore, just absolute, like they clocked at 100.8 miles per hour, just an absolute rocket wow. from the blue line that had five people screening in front. That was a seeing eye <laughs> shot. It was an absolute perfect shot from Shea Theodore. The second goal, Shea Theodore winds up for a slap shot that looks like it's going to take Carey Price's head off. And then Ooh. he literally hits the ice with his stick, doesn't touch the puck. Carey Price comes out to make the save, feeds it to Alec Martinez, who has a wide open net. Uh, so a really smart goal. Their yep. Vegas's third goal was uh, <laughs> was a shot for a shot from the point that hit a Montreal player, hit another Montreal player, hit a stick cool. and went in. Uh, and mm-hmm. then the last goal uh was was fine i guess um but it, yep. you know, it was 4-1 at that point uh so it was right. you know it, the goaltending was good look carry price did everything he could um yeah he made one unreal save uh, on mark stone on a two-on-one uh but vegas was just the better team so what's your ultimate prediction for this series I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Carey Price steals a game or two because it's hard to bet against that. Um, yeah. Like I I see one game that that Montreal wins, you know, two one three one three nothing something like yep. that. Um, I'm gonna say Vegas in five or six. I'll go five. Um, okay. Maybe Montreal wins like game three or something, uh, and then sure. this series is over. Uh, middle okay. of next week. I'll take six then. Vegas in six. So we agree on the Vegas. Okay. All right. And the other series is from last night, the first game, or I guess yesterday at noon, I think it was the first game, (laughs) New York Islanders, Tampa Bay Lightning. And again, we keep betting against the Islanders. And I I went into this one thinking, I was like, man, I can't keep betting against the Islanders. They keep winning. Tampa in six. (laughs) Uh, And and then they come out and they, they just use their same style and they just shut down Tampa Bay. And for some reason... No one can score on this team, right? The only goal coming from Braden Point on the power play with the net empty with 54 seconds yeah. to go. So at yeah, that point, yeah. you know, that's, you know, you can't really count that as like, oh, wow, they put on the pressure to get a goal, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's just going to happen sometimes. Um, but yeah, the the Islanders are just, they just shut the door. Yeah, before the season started, I did say tampa and six i can't change it now just because they lost the first game although that means they got to win four of the next five which is going to be pretty tough against a very stingy islanders team yeah just as we said by the way kudos for not calling them conference finals because as we talked about there are no conferences this year there are two semifinals so uh, just as we said that vegas montreal is gonna be low scoring i think i actually think the same for tampa new york it's gonna be another defensive struggle and um yeah, New York was able to shut down the big guns for Tampa. I don't know if they will be able to do that all series, um, but uh, yeah, I did say Tampa in six before the series started. Although that's going to be pretty tough. I think what Tampa needs is they need to shell the Islanders in one game. Yeah, I, th- I think if if Tampa Bay comes out tomorrow night and scores like six goals, then I think we're looking at a series where they have all the momentum. The Islanders maybe lose a little bit of faith in their system. And they just yep. and they roll them, but if the Islanders can come back in the next game, even if they lose, let's say they lose one nothing, the Lightning win one nothing. Well, if you're the Islanders, you're like, well, we're still doing everything right. We just got to score one two goals, right? Yeah. So I I think that's really what's going to come down to is Tampa Bay needs this game needs the doors to sort of blow open a little bit. They need you know <laughs> they need to be able to you know they can get some pucks through. They can get a few fluky goals even. Uh, then I think that's what they need to really take over the series. But if it if it stays low scoring, uh, I think the Islanders are just going to keep sort of suffocating them. Sure. Just before you give your prediction, those of you that are still in the chat, why don't you type out your predictions for both series, Vegas, Montreal, and New York, Tampa, and games as well. Uh, so what are you saying, Parker, for this one? My initial reaction with, before the series started, I, I was thinking Tampa in six. Uh, yeah. I think I'm probably leaning... Tampa in seven right now, um, mm-hmm. which you know the odds probably aren't in my favor for that. Um, with you know them needing to win four to the next six, um, yeah. but I I just think they're still such a good team, and it's nothing against the Islanders. 
just Tampa Bay is so good. Uh, you know, you're talking yeah. best goalie in the league, some of the best players in the league. Victor Hedman, who had an off year, uh, if he's back in form, I mean, you know, he's one of the best defensemen in the NHL. Um, I put out a post on my YouTube channel. Uh, and I said, mm. what's your pick for the Stanley Cup Finals matchups? So it's basically a way to mm. gauge who thinks each team's going to win. Uh, Can basic- I guess? Sure. I bet you people said Vegas-Tampa. Vegas-Tampa was number two. What? The exact wow. opposite was number one. So, Isles-Habs was the number wow. one predicted by my viewers. And I think this might be biased. I think I had a bit of an influx of, of Habs fans uh, recently from my Shifley sure. video. Um, so Isles Habs had 37%, Tampa Vegas, mm-hmm. 30%, Tampa Montreal, 22%, Islanders Vegas, 11%. So if you break that down, 48% of people pick the Islanders, 52% yeah. pick Tampa, uh, and then 59% picked Montreal, which I think is that sort of bias coming in from, from yeah. my Shifley video, uh, and 41 took Vegas. Wow. Well, that's surprising to me. And it's, a uh... Opposite of what we said kind of collectively in our uh, predictions is if both of us were one person, we have Tampa versus Vegas in the final. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Well, Montreal, New York would be, as we talked about, we kind of the battle of the understated underdogs for sure. Yeah, no, that would be, that would be, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm hoping Vegas doesn't win. That's sort of on the team I'm on right now is I'm just anti Vegas. (laughs) Um, I don't want a four-year-old team to win the Stanley cup. That's just, yeah. it's not, it's not right to me, you know, yeah. it, just think of the, think of the sense of entitlement they would have oh. uh, in Vegas after something like that. And be like, oh, wow. Wow. Canucks fans. Hey, eh? how's that 50 years been? Oh. <laughs> right. Like it's, and then imagine if Seattle gets some funny ideas and they, they do something funky too. Oh. Yeah. Seattle's going to have a harder time. I think, I think GMs are going to not outsmart themselves like they did. Uh, they did in the last, uh, in the last set. Absolutely. Wow, look, 57 minutes fly by. Should we do a few minutes in the chat box then for some questions? Absolutely. If you guys have anything that you want us to talk about, any questions, any topics, anything like that, we've got, you know, two and a half, three minutes left to go. (laughs) So we'll fit it. We always go a few minutes over. So we'll fit a couple in here. Yes. Fangirl asks, thoughts on the new additions to the Canucks Alumni Association that were announced on the weekend? I, I got to look that up. I, I don't even know. Uh, I saw Bieksa was in there. Hamhuis was in there. Okay. A couple of others that I've never heard of. Um, okay. Well, because I'm old and you're young. Okay. Yeah, I'll, no. I'll they're, look at, they're, they're yeah. Just, they're, there's some really plain names uh, that, <laughs> that uh, like, here, I'll, I'll read a couple. Um, okay. Oh, Burroughs was one of them as well. Um, okay. But like I don't know who Kurt Ridley is. Is that a is that a big one I'm yeah. missing? No, it's not a big one. No, uh, no, no. Mark Curtin. Yeah, actually, uh, he's okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, like so, it's a bunch of people who played for the team. Uh, okay. There's a guy like this. This is a this is a made up name, right? Larry Good Enough. Is well, that, he's good enough to get an alumni is, association. So I'm looking this. This is actually a, a hockey player. That is the lamest name i've ever heard larry good enough uh he played looks like about 100 games for the canucks and had about 26 points 25 mm. points 28 points good for larry it was good enough <laughs> yeah that's uh well he's better than uh joseph sucky too much or whatever no, that doesn't sound great either <laughs> yeah no um okay either way yeah so that was a fun yep. one um okay that's good well there's some names in there that i recognize that ham hughes bx and yeah. uh, burrows at least <laughs> uh all right do you want to grab another one i've been reading a lot larry's name too much no that's fine um arsenal says would you guys rather have a good defensive team like vegas or new york or a high-end skill team like colorado for the future do you think one style is more effective than another i don't think one is more effective than the other um look i mean if if the canucks were to bring in like a barry trotz it would be one of those things where it's like, man, this is probably really good for the team and yeah. it's going to be really f- not fun to watch. Right. Yep. A- and it's, it's one of those things you have to balance, right? Look, I'm all for doing everything you can to win the Stanley cup. Um, but would I go 1% better odds and then not really enjoy what, like, let, think of it this way. Would you rather watch Colorado or New York or New York Islanders, you know, try to yeah. win the Stanley cup, right? You're taking Colorado yeah. every time, such a more fun yes. team. 
Um, however, if one of them is going to work better than, you know, you go that way, that's your job. Um, but you know, I, I just want to see fun hockey, uh, as well. Agreed. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to give a typical fence sitting answer because what team do I want to watch Colorado? What team's going to be more successful? I think a New York Islanders type of team, because uh, you rarely hear of a Stanley cup champion that, and you say that they, oh, they completely blew the doors off the team or they outscored the team or they mm-hmm. just went crazy. No, it's, it's, they shut down. This team shut down the other team, Boston for nothing victory in game seven. They shut down the Canucks. And we see that all the time. And it's so, just, yeah, it's just the way the playoffs are. And a lot of it comes yep. down to, you know, officiating in the playoffs, right? The fact that, yes. uh, you know, it's a much more clutchy and grabby sport uh, in the playoffs where, you know, your McDavid's McKinnon's uh, just can't do, can't be as effective uh, as they could in the regular season. And you see that with Toronto, right? Um, even though they did add some of that grit, um which yeah. is just a bunch of old people is grit apparently um you know it's it's a different sport absolutely yeah so i i, I don't care if we're offense or defense i just want to see us win more uh dexter says do you think do you guys think that seattle should sign dougie hamilton uh, i think anyone should sign dougie hamilton if they have the chance <laughs> he is so good um yeah. Yeah, I, I think if the Canucks have the opportunity to sign Dougie Hamilton, um, yeah. he, he's one of the best defensemen out there uh, at the end of the day. Yep. I saw um, uh, Top Down Hockey's model had him at at, at 98, 98th percentile uh, for wow. wins above replacement as a defenseman. So, I mean, we're literally talking about a top 10 defenseman in the NHL uh, yeah. at the end of the day. And adding him to any team... Uh, would be a crazy good addition. And it's weird how much he's jumped around. Um, that was also some big news that came out today that the Hurricanes have given other teams permission to talk to yes. him. Uh, but yep. look, I mean, he's going to be 28 at the start of next year, uh, which is sort of the start of a decline usually. But when a player's this good, if you're going to bet on anybody, you bet on a player that as good as Dougie Hamilton. It's surprised it didn't work out that well in Calgary. I don't know what the issues were. I granted, I don't follow the Flames that much, so I, I don't know for sure. Yeah, yeah, not enough museums, potentially. <laughs> <laughs> is that a thing with him? Is that yeah, what he's no, like? like apparently, he loves museums. Uh, okay. I think that was that was something that came out uh, from Calgary when he got traded to Carolina. Uh, and apparently like all the guys would want to go out to like the club one night and he would be like, just go off on his own to some museum. Uh, oh. that's just his thing. He's a museum guy. Okay. And, uh, I mean, we've got an art gallery, we've got science world, we've got, you know, we've got <laughs> aquarium, we've got, we've got an aquarium. Yeah. We've got a, we've got a big park with a lot of trees in it. Uh, we've got a wall that goes around the water. So, All right, start know, putting the recruiting video together, Parker. Yes, uh, it's going to be like the, uh, remember the Edmonton video on oh. when they tried to get the bubble there and it was everywhere but Edmonton was in that video. Yes. We'll just do the same thing. Well, I guess it worked. They got it. They did. Uh, and the <laughs> players did not get to go to Banff or anything like that, but they were sold on it. Oh, false marketing, false advertising. Yeah. Unbelievable. Don't do that. <laughs> Didn't we answer this last last week uh, from Seattle's? Who do you think wins the Selkie? I, I remember us talking about that. Yep, we did. Yeah. And I said all of the default answers. Uh, and it's right. It's whoever we the, think it might be Stone. Whoever even the though Barkov is, choose. Be, yeah, yeah. There yeah. you go. There you go. Okay, here's one more. Uh, Johnny Canuck, would you expose Myers for a chance to unload the contract and free up the cap space? Yep. Yeah. Yep. I don't think so. Do you think that does him. any? Yeah. Do you think that does anything for relationship, or you're not worried about that, Parker? You already gave like the if guy, you're Myers, right? You, you gave the yeah. guy, you know, thirty million dollars. Um, okay, I think he'll get over it. Uh, <laughs> look, I mean, yeah. I mean, you can go to him and you can say, "Look, we we're going to expose you because yeah. we don't think they're going to take you, right?" And I think that's what uh, they did with Lucic. Uh, in mm-hmm. where does does Lucic play for Calgary now? I get that mixed up all yeah. the time still. Yes, uh, <laughs> but he said he's like, "Look." I, I'll let them expose me in the expansion draft because Seattle's not going to take me because my contract's too big, right? And I think it's sort of the yes. same deal with Myers, right? If if the Canucks wanted to go out and bring in another asset that would be protectable, you know, let's say, you know, just some random second line 
forward potentially yep. um, that you'd want to protect in the expansion draft. You get via trade and now you have to uh, expose someone else. Well, instead of exposing, you know, a better player, you can go to Myers and say, look, Hey, we want to bring this guy in to make our team better so we can compete for a Stanley cup to do that. Mm-hmm. We have to expose you to Seattle. We don't think they're going to take you because of your salary cap hit. Um, right. And that's not a slight to Tyler Myers. $6 million is a lot to live up to good on his agent for getting that contract for him. Yeah. Um, and at the, you know, at the end of the day, that's, I, I think that's the smart move. Um, I, and I don't, I, I think there's a way to do it without hurting a relationship. Yeah. And a way to wrap up this topic uh, and go back to something. Yeah. Chris Gear also said with Securus and Price, Chris Gear being the assistant general manager, he did say that they are going to explore ways to leverage their expansion draft room. He, he kind of giggled saying, uh, it's kind of obvious who we're going to be protecting. So yeah, they can go after a Carolina, a Toronto, any team, Nashville, any team that's going to have trouble protecting all their guys. And you're right, maybe set up a move or two. Yeah, it would be a great problem to have if we had to expose Tyler Myers as opposed to Madison Bowie. Yeah, thank goodness someone is thinking about that in the in the <laughs> yes. front office because we've been, we've great been preaching that. been preaching that forever, saying, look, just, just manipulate other teams. You have this golden opportunity of the expansion draft where you're not going to lose anyone super valuable while all these other teams have players that they don't want to use capitalize on it this is your chance yes uh amen the the fact they're actually thinking about it is great and i think that's a good place to wrap up so thank you everyone for tuning in of course hit like hit subscribe leave a comment do all that good stuff if you are uh, if you missed any part of the show you can rewind back to the start uh, if you uh, or if you want to listen to it in the morning, it'll be up on your favorite podcast platform. If you are listening on a podcast platform, hello, go check out the YouTube and hit subscribe over there as well. Um, I had something else I want to say. I don't remember it. Uh, was it reminding them about the time change? That is exactly what it was. Uh, next go. week, next week will not be at 10 p.m. It'll be at 7:30. I'm going to have the YouTube stream like posted the day before, so you'll have a lot of time to be notified of it. It'll be at 7:30 p.m. instead of 10 p.m. Uh, so two and a half hours early. It'll still go the full yeah. hour. Uh, and if you tune in late, it'll still be up on YouTube at 10 p.m. anyways, so you can watch it, uh, the VOD there, and of course, on all the podcast platforms that night as well. Anyways. Yes, we, w- we want you guys to join us. We want you guys, because we'll have more hockey to talk about, maybe a contract signing, maybe a Sedin sighting. Who knows? We'll, we'll find stuff to talk about and come celebrate my last day of being uh, 47 years old together. Perfect. Uh, anyways, that's it for us. Thank you guys so much for watching, uh, and we'll see you next week.